Hey guys, welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. This week, Adrian, we're going to do something special. We're going to bring a recent skills workshop that you and I both hosted that we send out to the entire McGraw network on a weekly basis. Now, listeners, you're going to get this pretty much every fortnight, but what it is is tapping into the skills and challenges and objectives and traits that you need to use out in the field to make your business grow. Adrian, why did we do this and why is it so important in the field right now? It goes to my love, uh, Troy, which is that paradigm between motivational and practitioner work. So I always made a commitment if I ever coached or trained agents that I could share dialogue and strategies and systems and checklists that they can implement into their business the same day or the next day and move the needle with listings and sales because that is our KPI and that's what we're measured on. And I like to have my agents achieve immediate results from the work that we do. Hey, listeners, if you like this, rate it five stars, send us a review, send us questions, because we want to make sure that it's relevant for you every single week. Enjoy the episode. Adrian, we have covered off a lot of topics. Thank you so much to everyone that sent through their feedback for last week's episode. That was probably the most relevant in many people's eyes of skills that they need right now in a changed market. We're no longer in a changing market. We have changed uh, most relevant skills to see them really see that trajectory of doing well in the start of FY19. Adrian, I thought it was important because we're starting to hear a lot of case studies around one one bidder and one buyer at an auction scenario. And we've seen um, negotiations happen on the floor. I thought it was relevant today to actually role play or have a case study that we can disclose to everyone about two recent auctions that you were actually the auctioneer of, but was you're working really closely in that negotiation process as well with both buyer and seller. Um, The first one we noticed a couple of weeks ago, and it was a property you were auctioning off on behalf of one of the Eastern Suburbs agents here out of our Edgecliff office. And the property, I had the one party that was interested, the guide was consistent with comparable sales and properties that were on the market. But it came to a point of that party that was registered, uh, placed a bid, and then how did it play out after that? Because there is a number of scenarios that are happening around the grounds where that is becoming more and more relevant. Yeah, so what, Troy, uh, you're talking about is there's a gap between the reserve price and where that highest bid is actually placed. And a lot of that sixth sense we pick up as auctioneers and as senior agents is that even though there's a gap, the incumbent highest bidder usually has a little bit more steam and it's the agent's job and that's why we get paid uh, or the auctioneer to negotiate that best price for the vendor so in in a changing or change market some of our agents are still experiencing somewhat of a changing market but most of us are now in a change market Uh, sometimes you're left with that one buyer uh, but a gap and it's our job to close that gap Um, so the dialogue in that particular scenario uh, was very simple Troy it was you know bringing that buyer outside for, for a conversation Mm -hmm. and and just frankly saying, look, there is a gap between the reserve price. In fact, here is the reserve price, just to show you. So you're disclosing the reserve price and where their expectations of the owners were. Absolutely. I don't don't have any issue with that whatsoever. Uh, But then suggesting to the buyer... You know, if you look to increase your offer, uh, in this case it was 780 to 800, we believe that the owner would have a stronger appetite in order to announce the property on the market. And that particular buyer verbatim said, well, why would I bid against myself? Right. Uh, and my response, it wasn't meant to be uh, facetious, it was, well, if it was private treaty with an 850 asking price and you made an offer of 780 and the owner made a counter offer of 830, 
well, the next step or the next ball would be in your court, if you like, for you to make that next offer to say 800. She said, okay, thank you, that makes sense. Uh, so really everything's a private treaty until it sells at auction, if you like. Yeah. Um, so at that point, she did increase her offer to 800. Um, and then uh, we spoke to the owner and they came down to 830. Then the buyer did come up to 810 and we sold the property at $810,000. The buyer was delighted, the vendor was delighted. And even though it was in an auction situation, it almost came down to a private treaty scenario. Now, Now, all of that works only if the agent during the four-week campaign has done everything right, has communicated appropriately, has communicated uh, with high frequency, Mm -hmm. has left no stone unturned in terms of every buyer inquiry serviced, because when that uh, moment of truth came and that 60 seconds of courage came for us as the auctioneer and the agent in that case, when we said to the vendor, our strong recommendation is that we should accept this offer. That was said with some conviction and with some veracity because, you know, I literally verbatim said to the owner, you know, with 4,000 web views, 40 groups through, Mm. 10 contracts issued, one high bid here, it's virtually impossible to argue that this is not market value. Would you agree with that? And the answer was yes. yes. So you can only have that luxury with that dialogue if everything's done right up front, okay? Because let's say week two, the ad doesn't appear, or let's say week three, they don't get their vendor report or you don't have that face-to-face. Bingo, there's an immediate reason for that owner not to take that recommendation. And to then argue that, well, maybe it's not market value because you missed out on a piece of marketing or a piece of dialogue or a piece of uh, vendor communication. So it's very important to get that right. So what I'm thinking and what I hear you're saying, Adrian, is the fact that buyer frequency of communication is as equal to, if not more, uh, relevant now in this market that we have changed. And actually having those meetings and those frank conversations with the buyers leading up to an auction or on the auction floor is extremely important to getting those results. Absolutely. Um, You would have seen John came out with a piece of communication. We've discussed it recently in a previous episode. Uh, Let's double our work with those hot buyers, right? Because buyers now have choice across most of the metropolitan areas and also a number of regional markets. The frequency of communication, sometimes two, three times a week, and having those buyer meetings, we've attached the agenda below to what you have to do with those buyer meeting agendas, uh, 15 minutes on a Thursday or Friday to really cover off the key questions about are they competent, are they comfortable, are they really um, enthusiastic about purchasing a home at auction or prior to. Uh, It really starts to sound them out. And in New South Wales, you'll obviously go through that pre-registration process as well. So it's a great way of identifying those key buyers that are going to act on the actual auction floor if it's coming up to that. Uh, Really easy one. And Adrian, there was another example again that we had recently, only last weekend that you were discussing with one of our inner west agents sure. that again you were the auctioneer for you seem to get all the scenarios <laughs> yeah. and those negotiations on the floor yeah. but can you run me through how that looked because that was a similar scenario that the buyer had to perform but the vendor was also open and had that dialogue with the agent to make sure the market conditions and the market value was realized Sure. Well, the first thing is leading up to the auction in this particular case, Troy, the agent was a bit nervous and said, maybe we should withdraw the auction. And I said, well, hang on a minute, you know, there's no upside at all in withdrawing auctions. I said, where are you up to? And he said, well, I've had one buyer who's been back and has been engaging, but they've said they're not coming. And there's been another buyer who's uh, downloaded a Peston Building report, but it has not returned any of my calls. And I said, well, you know what, we've got an auction on our hands here, so let's turn up. Uh, he, he wasn't as confident as me, but we turned up, 
and and lo and behold, that buyer who hadn't returned the calls, this is the perfect market for buyers not to return calls. Mm -hmm. They registered, and they were their price alignment was very much consistent with with the owner's expectations. Okay. okay, so we ended up with a one registration auction, which is you know quite the norm at the moment. Um, and you know even at that point, the agent was a little bit nervous, but I said, look, just just let's take it easy. So we strategically placed the vendor bid mm -hmm. um, at around that one point one mark. Uh, the owner's ideal expectations was one two, but they were definite sellers somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, we exercised the vendor bid at one point one. Um, then we went up and had a chat to the to the buyer and said, look, you know, if if you're in a position to bid at that one one fifty level, we will have a chat to the owner, and we believe, even though it's less than the reserve, we would believe the owner would have an appetite to to look to sell to you. Um, so we had that conversation with the buyer. The buyer said, okay, well, that sounds fair. That's my maximum. Uh, and we said, okay, good news. We've spoken to you. That's their minimum. Yep. So guess what? That make, that actually makes market value. You know, where the owner's got a minimum price they would look to sell at and the buyer's got a maximum price they would look to, to purchase at. That is almost a standard definition of market value in a live auction situation. So the property did sell for one one fifty. Again, the buyer was delighted, the vendors were delighted, and the property sold. So there's a few lessons in that, Troy. Yep. Number one is never withdraw an auction. Mm -hmm. Number two, if a buyer doesn't return your call but has had some other signal around preparing for an auction, be it... Uh, building and pest inspection, or be it changes to the contract, um, or be it a second or third inspection. I was going to say, multiple inspections is such yeah. a critical buyer behaviour that we identify emotional connection. Absolutely. Uh, requesting a contract is like a rite of passage. Now people go because they won't do anything without letting me know. Correct. Some people are just identifying that as a way to keep up to date with the campaign. So sure. uh, those five key buyer behaviours that we see a lot, multiple inspections, shopping with emotions, yes. maybe the configuration isn't right, but they really fall in love with the property. Yes. That can also be one of those key buyer behaviours that we identify as okay they're interested and there's a reason to actually engage with them in this negotiation process absolutely and don't panic if there's only one registered buyer yeah. i mean you know that that could be what going forward might be the new norm for a period of time because yeah. keep in mind we're in a normal market what was previously an abnormal boom market the other thing i noticed adrian is that both of those scenarios also had other attendees at the auction Sure. And I think that's an important part of the process to make sure that you continue with your marketing efforts, your prospecting plan, uh, and make sure that people are attending the auction. Because we know that the auction isn't A, only about the vendor. It yes. isn't B, only about the buyer. It's not about the agent. It's not about the auctioneer. It's actually about so many other factors. The community, other agents, the office, the brand, uh, potential sellers, potential buyers. Absolutely. So we need to make sure that every single auction is show day for us at McGrath and we have activity. Because it's much easier to have that conversation with the vendor and also with the buyer if there's other people there. You don't want to make it feel like you're walking into the saloon in a Wild Wild West movie and you see the hay bale roll over because there's only two people right. around. So Absolutely. some really key points there, Adrian. Thank you. I know we're going to cover off a lot more of this negotiation on the floor strategy going forward because yes. we are seeing it as a common thread and also from you guys, it's a common question that keeps coming in. So please keep them coming in. Really looking forward to seeing episode number 16 next week. Reminder that... Uh, throughout the week and what the episode was yesterday you would have seen strategies from John how to massively build your business in 2019 they've all been put live onto the internet Adrian this episode will also be live on the internet for any questions you have either email Adrian or myself really looking forward to seeing you all again around the grounds or next week's episode thanks guys